Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching from our lead pastor, Adam Scott. Hey, good morning, church. I will rest in the Father's hands and leave the rest in the Father's hands. Hey, does anybody else need to hear that message today? Okay, all right, good. It wasn't just me. Man, I was over here having a moment with Jesus. I was just going to let them sing. Uh, They could just do their thing. We didn't need a sermon. We could just let those words preach uh, because that was powerful. Man, I'm excited that I have an opportunity to get together with you, though, and, and, uh, and talk about some things that are going on in our community. I don't know if you guys saw this, but on Facebook... Um, the Collins P. Lee Center posted that, that we had donated some benches and some things to them that they could use to, um, to use that area. And that's a powerful thing. That's because of you guys and your giving. And we thank you so much for that. Listen, we approved that a while back. We talked to them and we just said, what do you need? Just tell us what you need. And they said, this is a huge need. And we were excited that we were able to partner with them in that. So thank you for giving faithfully um, so that we can reach out into the community and meet needs. So thank you so much for that. Hey, we're in week two of a series that we're calling Bizarre Bible Stories and Why They Matter. Okay? Throughout this entire month, um, we're looking at stories that, that don't necessarily qualify as children's stories. These are stories that that you're never going to hear a song written about. These are stories that you're never going to highlight and and, and broadcast on Facebook as an encouragement to others. But the truth is, they are part of God's Word. They have a purpose. They have a place. They have a lesson that can help us live better today. Last week, we talked about a woman who drove a tent peg through the skull of a man, literally nailing him to the ground. Okay, if you missed that one, you need to go to our website. You need to pull it up because there's a lesson there. Okay, I just happened to be at Walmart this week, and I was, I was looking on the tent section, and all the tent pegs were gone. And, um, and I got nervous that maybe you guys clung to the wrong part of that lesson. And so today, I want to be crystal clear about what it is we're talking about right from the get-go so that we all get it together. Here's our sermon in a sentence today. We have a high calling as God's messengers. We have a high calling as God's messengers. You Me, the person sitting next to you, we have a responsibility as recipients of God's love to respond, to represent, to proclaim God's love to the world. How serious is God about this high calling? Well, that's what we're going to unpack today. From the book of Malachi chapter 2, we're going to unpack that and figure out exactly how God feels about this calling that he has given to us. Let me set it up this way. I asked people on Facebook a week ago about the funniest or the most outrageous thing that they have ever done or witnessed somebody do in anger, and I got some great reading material, okay? I had a lot of 55 comments on that with people sharing stories, but I want to give you some of the highlights. Randy, who should probably be in our next service, she said that when her sister wouldn't wake up to turn off her alarm, her brother went in and flipped the mattress off the bed and onto the floor while she was still sleeping on it, and then he unplugged her alarm clock and went back to bed. That's pretty good. Okay, we've all wanted to do that before. Okay, Patrick Rainey, he's the youth pastor over at Freedom Church in in our county, but um, he said that he actually shot his brother's tooth out with a BB gun because he wouldn't let him have a turn with the TV, okay? (laughs) 
It's pretty intense. Okay, Rhonda sitting right over here. Okay, she's wondering if I was going to use hers. She got so mad at her sister that she pulled her picture from a frame at their house and scratched out the forehead of the picture. Okay, I'm not really sure what you were trying to accomplish there. Okay, some little voodoo stuff. She's had headaches ever since. I don't know exactly what was going on. This is my favorite one though. Okay. A friend of mine named Megan, she said that when she was six years old, she got so mad at her sister while they were swimming in the pool that she came up behind her and she angrily squeezed her sister's butt cheeks as hard and aggressively as she could. I didn't even know there was a such thing as a sibling angry butt squeeze, but apparently there is, but it gets worse. Okay, when that person turned around, it wasn't her sister at all. And so she said she just swam away like nothing ever happened. So 30 years ago, you got squeezed in the pool somewhere, and you never knew what happened. This is probably what happened. Listen, angry is, anger is a powerful feeling that, that causes us to act out in, in extreme and bizarre ways. And, and that principle is on display in today's Bible story. You see, in this story, God's anger burns in a, in a big way. It's unmistakable. And today we're going to look at who he's angry at and what implications his anger has for us today. Let's get into it. Let's start with Malachi chapter 2, the very first and second verse. He says, and now you priests, this warning is for you. Okay, right from the get-go, God says, this is who my anger is going to be directed at. It's towards the priests. He says, if you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty... I will send a curse on you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not resolved to honor me. Listen, God's message through Malachi comes at a time when the nation of Israel was, was not honoring God. They had, they had taken their eyes off of him. This is a common theme in the Old Testament. You see, this is a, a period of time that is defined by moral and spiritual decline, but but God's harsh warning is not for the people as a whole. See, in this particular passage, his harsh warning is for the priests. His anger burns against the ones who were called out to be his messengers to the people. You see, these were the people that were given the task of taking God's word to the people. They were the ones who were told, it's your responsibility to share God's love and, and God's warnings and God's promises these are the people who are supposed to intercede for others and make a way for them to experience the living God. But it says that they had not resolved to honor God with these responsibilities. They were going through the motions, but their heart was not engaged. They were not giving it everything they had. They were half-hearted. And God says, because of those half-hearted attitudes, I'm gonna turn your blessings into curses. In other words, he says, I'm going to take away the primary function you have as priest to bless people. I'm going to take that away and I'm going to render you completely and utterly useless. But he didn't stop there. You see, up to this point, he hasn't said anything too crazy, right? I mean, he hasn't said anything that would qualify this, uh, this passage for a, for a spot in this series. But the next verse changes all that because God says something a little bit unusual in the Bible. This is what he says in Malachi 2.3. Because of you, he continues, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung from your festival sacrifices and you will be carried off with it. Well, that, that's a pretty unique threat in Scripture. I mean, granted, it's not scratch your sister's forehead out of a picture bad, but it is pretty intense. 
So I knew you guys would want to share this verse on Facebook, so I made it pretty on the YouVersion Bible app, okay? I put it in front of pictures. I particularly love how the flowers cover up the smell of feces in this verse. It's really important, okay? I thought about throwing out a few poop jokes right here because it would fit really well, but poop jokes really aren't my favorite kind of jokes. They are a solid number two, though. So that was terrible, okay? That was awful. Don't laugh at that. Listen, what God is saying is actually kind of poetic, okay? He says that when animals are brought in for sacrifice, he says that they still have excrement in their system. And he says the priest, their job was to carry that outside of the sanctuary and burn it. But here he suggests another use for it. He says, before we do that, why don't we take it and smear it all over the face of the priest? Not only will they be humiliated and unclean, but they will also be taken out of the sanctuary and discarded. In other words, they will no longer serve as God's messengers. Listen, as if that isn't enough, he also says here, he says there's a generational impact that will happen here. He says even their descendants, even the ones who would one day serve as priests will be impacted by the apathy of this generation. Listen, God is not happy. This is some of the strongest language that we see God using in the Bible. And that should capture our attention. Let's dig just a little bit deeper in the next verse and find out what he's trying to accomplish here. He says, and you will know that I have sent you this warning so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord God Almighty. See, this verse reveals God's motive. This reveals what he wants to accomplish through his discipline. You see, the tribe of Levi, since the time of Levi, has served as priests. God's covenant with Levi was his original plan for this perpetual priesthood. God's desire is that through this discipline, he would shock the people into a place where they would remember their original calling, where they would take it seriously or else. Now, why does this matter to us? Because if you look in the New Testament, the New Testament reassigns this responsibility of the priesthood to the church. It shifts what they were called to do and it places that responsibility on us. We are God's messengers. Not because of our bloodline or the priesthood, but because of who we are in Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 2.9. This is talking to the church. Peter talking to people just like us. He says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Listen, I'm not a priest because I serve in vocational ministry. I'm a priest because I am part of the New Testament church, and so are you. We, as believers, we have been entrusted with God's word. We have been tasked with taking God's love and, and God's warnings and God's promises to the people around us. We have been called to intercede for people and make a way for them to experience the living God. But we also get to decide, are we gonna embrace that responsibility with passion? Or are we gonna be half-hearted and apathetic like the priests in this story? Remember, some of the harshest language in the entire Bible, God reserves for those who are apathetic in this responsibility. The people who choose to do nothing with this assignment. God takes this seriously, and so should we.
Listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to ignite God's anger with my apathy. I don't want future generations to be impacted negatively by my unwillingness to act, and I certainly don't want poop smeared on my face. I'm motivated. I just need to know where to start. How do I carry the calling as God's messenger well? Listen, my daughter hosted a movie night the other day for our family, and when we got in, she had signs hanging on the wall, directions to the bathroom in my own house. She had candy stands and all sorts of stuff, but she also had a a page on the wall of the rules for the night, okay? Um, It said no using iPhones. It said no talking, no spoilers. Like, it had all this stuff. And, And as crazy as that was, at least we knew what the expectations were right from the very beginning, right? Well, in the next few verses, Malachi gives us those rules. It gives us clear instruction. It tells us what the expectation is. It tells us how we as believers can be faithful messengers of God's word. You see, it contrasts Levi as the standard, as the example with the current priesthood, and it honors and celebrates things that Levi did that you and I need to emulate. Here's the first one. A good messenger has reverence for the sender. A good messenger has reverence for the sender. A good messenger doesn't care as much about what they're saying as they do who they are saying it for. Reverence for God shapes the message that we carry to others. Look at what it says in Malachi 2.5. It says, my covenant was with him, okay, meaning Levi, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in all of my name. Listen, he says, Levi could not succeed as God's messenger because of his own abilities, because of his own talent, because of his own effort. He successfully carried out his responsibility because of the intentionality, because of the intensity that he brought into his relationship with God. You see, in his heart, he loved God. In his attitude, he respected God. In his actions, he was obedient to God. God was the object of his attention and affection. The priests in Malachi's day, they were half-hearted. They were driven by the assignment, the checklist, the responsibility. But Levi, the standard, was different. He was motivated by his reverence for God. Let me ask you this. As a community of believers, are we motivated by the to-do list, our spiritual to-do list, or by our love and reverence for God. Think about it this way. How many of you have a boss that you think is an idiot? Anybody? Raise your hand. Good job. That was a test. They pay me to ask questions like that. There's cameras all in this place, okay? Look, if you've got a boss and they call you in and they say, listen, I I want you to go out and I want you to deliver this message. We're we're making some changes in the organization and and I need you to be the mouthpiece, to go to people one after another and, and help them see the value in what we're doing. Listen, if you respect your boss, if you know they care about you and you've seen what they're capable of doing, you're gonna carry that message faithfully, right? You're gonna go give it everything you've got. You're gonna sell it as best you can. But if you think your boss is an idiot, if you think your boss is crazy, if you think they don't care about you, you're gonna give the bare minimum to collect a paycheck and you're not gonna give it the attention it deserves. Let me tell you something, the way we feel about the sender will have a major impact on how we handle the message that we are entrusted with. That being said, let me tell you about the one who sends us out. Let me tell you about the one who's sending us into the world as his messenger. He is God Almighty. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who sends us out is the creator and sustainer of all things. 
He is the chain breaker, he is the promise keeper, and he is the great healer. He is the rock of ages, the alpha and omega, the beginning and end. He is the unchanging, everlasting, great I am. And listen, he deserves to be praised. He deserves honor. His name belongs on every single tongue of every single person in every single corner of every single nation. And we are the vehicle he chooses to use to take it there. Listen, the conviction of who he is will implore us to be good stewards of what he has called us to do. Let me tell you, if you feel guilty every time we talk about evangelism, every time we talk about sharing our faith, every time we talk about being God's messengers, you feel guilty because you know when you leave this place you're not gonna take it seriously. You know that you don't have what it takes to go to your friends and go to your neighbors and go to your coworkers and tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to do. Don't look harder at the assignment. Don't come up with a better strategy to get it done. Go home and do whatever it takes to fall more in love with Jesus Christ because that's where the assignment starts. We can only be effective messengers when our hearts are set on fire for the one who sends us. Listen, here's the second thing that we learn from Levi's example, um, and it's that a good messenger has a deep and unfailing commitment to the message. Not only are they reverent of the sender, but they have a commitment to the message. Look at what it says in Malachi chapter two, verse six. It's talking about Levi. It says, true instruction was in his mouth and nothing false was found on his lips. You see, he knew the message that God had called him to share. He didn't make up the words and he didn't improvise. He spoke the truth because he knew the truth. Listen, a good messenger doesn't just go out and say whatever they want to say. They communicate the message that is given to them. Anybody watch the Little Rascals movie that came out in 1994? Okay, there's a bunch of them, so I've got to specify. 1994, there was a movie that came out. It's the one with Reba McIntyre. That's probably how you know it. But in that movie, Alpha Alpha, he's, he's wanting to get a message to Darla, the girl that he loves, and, and he's basically under house arrest by two kids that can't read, and so he decides he's gonna write a letter to her, and he's gonna dictate a different letter, and then he's gonna send it with them so that she can know that he loves her completely. But while he's writing this love letter, he says, Dear Darla, I hate your stinking guts. You make me vomit. You're like scum between my toes. He gives the love letter to these two kids and they carry it to Darla, but they accidentally blow their nose in it. And so they don't have the note anymore. And so they said, don't worry, we, we know what it said. We can just tell you what it says. It says, dear Darla, I hate your stinking guts. And she gets mad enough to crush a can. Listen, the truth is we can't serve as messengers of the truth unless we become familiar with the truth. Those two little kids had no idea what the letter said, so they were ineffective as messengers. We can't be messengers of the truth unless we first become familiar with the truth. We can't proclaim God's love and God's warnings and God's promises unless we internalize them first. How do we do that? Listen, we have got to get serious about spending time in God's word. If our Bible collects dust, then our message will not be from God. I'm convinced that the number one reason that people don't invest more time in studying God's word is not because they're not motivated. I think you and I are hungry for truth and we know that the Bible is where we find it, but I don't think we know where to start. I think we're overwhelmed by how we dive into it. 
See, a lot of people, the first time they try this, they jump into Genesis and, and they enjoy the narrative part of Genesis and then they move into Exodus and they enjoy part of Exodus, but then they get bogged down and they become discouraged because Leviticus is tough. Numbers is difficult. And, and so they walk away and say, I'm just not capable. I'm not smart enough. I just can't understand God's word. Listen, let me give you some practical advice to help you succeed no matter where you are in your faith journey. If you want to spend a little bit more time in Sunday's message, we put quiet time material that you can use daily on our app. You just click on the devotions and you'll be able to follow along with some of the things that we talked about. Maybe you say, that's, that's not really for me. I want to dive into God's word and I'm new to God's word or I'm new to scripture. Man, then I always tell people, start in the book of John. The book of John is going to give you the gospel. It's going to tell you about Jesus. But then don't stop. Keep reading. And you'll read through Acts and, and how the church was formed and how God created things to happen in and through the church. And then don't stop. Keep reading through Romans. And you'll get a complete recap of the gospel and what it is that God wants us to do. If that's too much, then download the YouVersion Bible app. And they have a verse of the day. And you can listen to somebody talk to you about Scripture and tell you how to apply it to your life. Maybe you're going through something specific and you say, I need help with this issue. I need, to, I need to learn about anxiety. I need to learn about marriage or parenting, whatever it may be. The YouVersion Bible app has Bible reading plans that you can do that will help you engage in those topics. Listen, if you want to increase your Bible IQ in a year, there's this resource that we went through as a church. It's called Core 52. It is incredible and gives you daily material that will help guide you through Scripture. If you did this and you loved it, man, he's got a new one called Quest 52, and it would be a great next step for you so that you could dive into God's word. Maybe you want a little bit more and you need something deeper than that. Listen, there's this series of books by a guy named N.T. Wright that's called A New Testament for Everyone, and it'll take you deeper and deeper and deeper into scripture. Listen, if you don't know where to start with studying God's word so that you can be a messenger of God's word, ask somebody. Come ask us. Ask your community group, ask a friend. This is too important to put off until tomorrow. To be good messengers of God's word, God's word has to be inside of us, which means we've got to commit to spending time in it. All right, last but not least, the book of Malachi teaches that a good messenger has life change from both, from God and his word. Get this, this is really important. People don't care what flows through you until they see what it does to you. People don't care what you have to say until they see how it's changed your heart. Authenticity is the greatest apologetic of our world. Listen, it's the vehicle that carries God's message from our mouth to another person's heart. Look at what it says in the second half of verse six. It says that Levi walked with him, with God, with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from sin. Levi didn't just talk the talk, Levi walked the walk. Listen, people need to see that our love for God and our time in his word has transformed us from the inside out. They don't need another thing on their to-do list, but they do need a relationship with somebody who's gonna transform them. As God's messengers, we've got to show people what it looks like to follow God completely. Listen, nobody is gonna take fashion advice from me. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Nobody is gonna contact young Patrick Rainey and say, hey, I want some time with the TV. Can you tell me how to manage my anger? And nobody's gonna receive the gospel from somebody that hasn't been changed by the gospel. Listen, if you're settling in your spiritual walk for anything less than complete and total transformation, I wanna challenge you to let God do something new in your heart and in your life.
Let's go back to the sermon in a sentence. We have a high calling as God's messengers. It's a calling that God takes seriously and it's one that we've got to take seriously as well. Listen, God shows us through Levi what it's gonna take to succeed. Let me tell you what's on the line. He talked about future generations being impacted by the apathy of a single generation. Let me tell you something, the opposite is also true. If we'll get serious about this, if we'll decide that we're gonna be the best messengers we can be, we're gonna surrender ourselves to God's plan. We're gonna do what he's called us to do. We're gonna go out and proclaim his name in this community. Every neighborhood is gonna hear about the love of Jesus Christ. Every business, every school, every workplace is gonna hear about the love of Jesus Christ through us. Let me tell you, generations will be impacted by that. People will look at Milledgeville, Georgia. They'll say, I don't know what happened, but something big happened because the Holy Spirit began to move in a powerful way. Listen, the Holy Spirit is waiting to move through our surrender. We need Jesus in this community, amen? It is, it is our job as God's messengers to take it to him. Let's pray that God will do something powerful through us. Heavenly Father, I don't know why you use people like us. We should not be plan A. But God, I'm so grateful that when you send us out, you also empower us to do incredible things. And so God, I pray that even right now, you burden our hearts for for the gospel, for the message that you want us to carry, God. Get us deeper and deeper into your word. Fill us up so that we can go out and share something that's gonna change somebody's life. God, we don't wanna be a church that just comes together on Sundays. We want to be a church that marches into this community on Mondays. God, help us to do that. Help us to be successful. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, the whole time I was preparing this message, and specifically this morning, I get up really early on Sunday mornings when I preach, and I kept thinking over and over and over, I kept thinking, I have a high calling as God's messenger this morning. I'm gonna stand on stage, I'm gonna proclaim God's word. That's a high calling and I need to take that seriously. And I spent extra time in prayer this morning praying that that I would honor God with that responsibility. I don't know if you got here on time, like all 12 of you, um, you probably saw some of the elders up here praying with me and they were praying over me for the same thing. Listen, my heart is burdened with the responsibility of being God's messenger. But listen, what I wanna see happen is that all of us feel that same responsibility over the next few moments. It's not about the person who stands on stage. It's about the people who call Jesus Lord. And if we would all develop that burden that says, I am your messenger, God. Oh man, God would move in a powerful way. We're gonna sing a song. We're gonna talk about proclaiming the name of Jesus, speaking him into the world. Say the words, but in your heart, make sure it's focused on Jesus. Y'all stand up and let's sing. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at